Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, when was the last time you got an explanation of benefits? That's the form that you get from your insurance, from your health insurance, after you've been in for a doctor visit. And, you know, I always hate those. You go in and you get this charge for $300, and then the allowable charge is $150. And so, like, even I've seen them where they'll say, so you've saved $150 because the the hospital charged you $300, but the allowable charge is only $150 with our contract with the insurance, so therefore you saved $150. But the charge basically, so allowable charge is $150. Insurance is going to pay 100 of it. You got to pay $50 out of pocket. And it's just very confusing because at the end of the day, it's like that, that Band-Aid that they charged you $30 for, you still end up paying $15 for or $10 for. And I think it's just very confusing on the way health insurance works. The co-pays, the deductible, what are you going to really end up paying? And this brings us into this question that I got this week from a listener because I think we've all been through that. And Ellen sent us a question through our website at 525longtermcare.com. And here's what Ellen asked. Ellen says, I'm a bit confused on how long-term care insurance pays for the care that you need. Does long-term care insurance have limits on how much care it will pay for? And is there a deductible like health insurance? And I'm telling you, folks, this is a great question. Um, It's just a really great question, Ellen. And I appreciate the time that you took to send this into us. Let's unpack this a little bit because I really want to get into this because I think we all have a history with our health insurance. Long-term care insurance is different than health insurance. Most of us are just familiar with the the way health insurance works. We're not sure what we're going to pay, you know, whether it's during our working years with our our regular health insurance or during uh, our retirement years during Medicare. There's usually some other type of money that's coming out of our pocket that we're always trying to figure that out. So let's talk a little bit about health insurance first and foremost here. Health insurance is to pay for acute care. Acute care is is active but short-term care. In some cases, it will pay for you know longer bouts of care like cancer treatments or something catastrophic like a coma. But as a general rule, it's short-term care, and it does not pay for long-term care. So that's your health insurance. Just think of health insurance as something that it's really going to, you're going to heal up from, that you're going to fix. There's usually some type of deductible on your health insurance. Right, So that means like now if you have a high deductible plan, you got to meet a certain amount before the insurance kicks in. Most plans or a lot of the plans out there also have what we call co-pays, which means that if you go to the doctor, you're paying the first $20 regardless. You're gonna, that's called a co-pay. So you're going to pay that when you go to the doctor. Now, with health insurance, there is no longer a maximum or lifetime benefit. So what that really means is that there's no maximum on how much the insurance company has to pay. That was one of the changes with Obamacare. You used to buy a health insurance plan and they might have a million dollar lifetime benefit or $500,000 maximum payout. So that means that's the most that they would pay total for you and your care. But those, those days are gone now. So there isn't a maximum. So once you reach your deductible, you pay your co-pays, there is no limit on how much that insurance will pay out. Medicare works a bit differently as there is not an out-of-pocket maximum. There, 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 you can still have to pay out-of-pocket. Remember, Medicare is your acute care. That's your health insurance when you turn 65. It works differently. And that's why so many people have Medicare supplements because Medicare by itself does have some limits on what it pays. And there is quite a bit of out-of-pocket money that you can be responsible for. However, as we all know, there are limits on covered services with our health insurance. Both Medicare and private insurance have limits on what they will cover. So just because the treatment is available or the medication is available doesn't mean that the insurance is going to pay for that. Also, many times you have to follow their procedures for care. And I'm going to tell you, this is probably one of my biggest complaints. This is where the insurance companies have gotten between us and our doctors. If you need an MRI, they say, well, 
we're not going to give you an MRI until you have two x-rays or until you go through physical therapy or until you follow all these procedures. So there's a lot of control that the insurance companies have with the procedures for the care. Most insurance also limits the providers that you can use. So that's where we come into this in-network, out-of-network. They're going to cover a certain amount if you're in-network. If you're out-of-network, who knows what they're going to cover. They break that down. Every policy is a little bit different. So the bottom line is with health insurance and our Medicare, there are a lot of rules and limitations on what it is and what it is not going to cover. And that's going to be based on your particular plan. In most cases, you will be out of pocket for services until you reach the limits on your particular policy. So that's going to be when you reach your deductible, your co-pays, you're going to be out of pocket that money until you get to that certain point. So now let's contrast that with with long-term care insurance. And and again, if you're just stumbling in on us, we are talking about the question from Ellen was, what does long-term care insurance pay for? Are there deductibles? Are there limits on what it pays? And again, she's thinking back to the way our health insurance works. So let's go back to to long-term care here for a second now. Instead of acute care, long-term care insurance is designed to pay for ongoing care, which is primarily custom, what they call custodial care, but can include other care such as therapy care, skilled or nursing care, hospice care, personal and community care. Now, when I say custodial care, that's the majority of it. Custodial care is the care that we're giving for mom and dad or, or, or taking care of a loved one, that, that you know, day-to-day in-and-out interaction where we help them bathe and dress and eat and do all those kind of things. The key difference in long-term care insurance and health insurance is the fact that long-term care insurance will pay for the ongoing care that you need to support independent living, not the short-term acute care you need to heal from an injury or a sickness. Long-term care is not medical in nature, meaning the care that you need does not need to be provided by medical professionals, but simply by individuals with the physical and the emotional ability and the time to be a caregiver. That's the big difference. And again, half of Americans in this country are depending on family members for all of their care. And so again, that's the difference on long-term care. It's not medical in nature. Just keep that in mind. It may be a medical event like a stroke that got you into a long-term care situation or cancer, but the actual care that you need going through the day is different than what a nurse is going to provide you or what a doctor is is paid to provide you. Unlike our health insurance, long-term care is designed to pay for the ongoing support and services we need in a chronic or extended healthcare situation. It also pays differently than health insurance. Now, Long-term care insurance provides you with a, you know, basically a bucket of money. I always tell people, think of long-term care insurance as a bucket of money. It provides you with the funds to pay for care. The amount that it's going to pay out each month is based on how you set up your particular plan. Usually it's based on a monthly amount or it could be a daily amount. So it could be $200 a day or it could be $6,000 a month. Most of the new plans today are moving over towards that monthly benefit. So they're gonna say, we will pay out a particular amount which is per month based on the policy when you set it up. Some plans do have a deductible like health insurance, but the deductibles for long-term care insurance are different. They're called elimination periods and they work a little bit differently. The deductibles or the elimination periods are satisfied on days of care versus dollars spent. So again, our health insurance will say, you've got to pay out of pocket the first $10,000 as a family. That's your deductible. And then the health insurance kicks in. Long-term care says you've got to pay for the first X amount of days of care. So a 90-day elimination period, which is standard on the older traditional plans, 90 days means you're going to pay for the first 90 days of care. Now, some plans use a calendar in which they just say you got to wait 90 days. Some use days of service, which like that's the way my grandmother's policy was. She actually had to receive care for 90 days. That was her deductible period or her elimination period. Now, again, they didn't come to my grandma and say you have to spend X amount a day. They just say that you have to have paid for some kind of services for at least 90 days. And so that's the elimination period which is kind of equal to the deductible period on health insurance. Like health plans, the deductible period will vary between plans and carriers. 
So I say 90 days is the standard. That is on the old traditional plans. That's because long-term care is defined as an extended healthcare event that's expected to last 90 days or more. So the original HIPAA regulations, they said, well, you got to have a 90-day elimination. That was back in the 70s. They've since undone that. So a lot of plans now, like my my asset-based plan, has a zero-day elimination plan for home health care. And so that is very common now, zero-day for home health care, maybe 90 days for facility or 30 days or 60 days. The traditional plan, still it's 90 days is the standard time. But once you've met that elimination period, there are no co-pays and there are no other expenses that you have to pay to receive your benefits. So there's some distinct differences there. Now, I want to continue this conversation. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to continue the the differences between long-term care insurance and health insurance and what you need to know on how it pays out. So stick around. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Certified long-term care planning specialist and long-term care radio host, Brian Ott of 525 Advisors, is now Colorado's long-term care coverage expert. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. A smart and informative way to get educated about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join Brian Ott for one of his upcoming live webinars. Brian explains how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, all the new options, and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Go read the reviews. People love working with 525 Advisors. So sign up now for one of Brian's next live webinars. They're free to attend. Go to 525longtermcare.com. You can also download and subscribe to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcasts at 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back. Thanks again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. Uh, You'll notice on the ads this week during um, the the breaks, I don't have any classes scheduled. Uh, We will get those on the calendar um, here pretty soon after the holidays. We'll get some on the calendar for January. So, again, we always try to run a couple of live webinars every month. It's just a good class, a one-on-one basic entry class so that you can come in and and learn about all these things that we talk about and the different options. So uh, we will get those back up on the calendar. Now, again, if you just tuned in on us, um, we are um, talking today about how long-term care insurance pays out in contrast to health insurance, because we all know the way health insurance works. You got copay, you got deductibles, you got this out-of-pocket expense, and you got limitations on the service it's going to pay for. Now, here's where there's a big difference with long-term care insurance, and it varies greatly from the health insurance and the areas of the services that it pays for. Number one, if you have a long-term care insurance policy, there is no network or preferred providers for the long-term care insurance to, 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 where they're going to limit you. Like you've got to use XYZ for the, for the home health care, or you can only stay at these facilities. There is no network, so you're not limited on the services. The services covered 
do not vary between carriers. So if you have XYZ insurance company for long-term care versus ABC, they're not going to cover different expenses where you can see that on health insurance. Some health insurance says we'll cover this type of treatment, but we won't cover that type of treatment. So there's no difference in the services. Now, services that are covered are standard and they're defined by the definition of what is long-term care. And, and these include things like custodial care, which is just the basically, again, the help with the activities of daily living, personal care, which can include light housework, laundry, meal preparation, even help with finances and grocery shopping, skilled care if you need it. So if you have to have a skilled nurse come into your home or if you go to a nursing home, long-term care insurance will pay for that skilled care. And it will even pay for housing expenses, which means when you move into a facility, like when my grandmother moved into the assisted living facility, the long-term care insurance pays for everything, including you know the taxes, the cable television, the food, the laundry services, all of that. So these covered services don't vary between carriers. And so you don't have to sit there and say, well, I really want you know home health care paid for, so I've got to go with this company. Or I, I want to go to an assisted living facility. I want to make sure that's covered. Which ones are covered? You don't have to worry about that. Assisted living facilities, if they're licensed, they're covered by long-term care insurance. So there's no limits on what the insurance company is going to pay for on the services. Instead, your only limits are going to be based on your policy benefit limits. Again, meaning how much money did you have coming out of that policy? How did you set your policy up for that? And, and so what I mean by this is if, if you're, the insurance company isn't going to say we're only going to pay $25 an hour for a home health care aid. If the company that you hire is charging $45, they're a licensed provider and they're the best and that's who you want to use and they charge $45 an hour, the insurance company is not going to get in the way of that. They're just going to simply say, yeah, you can spend $45 an hour. You can spend $45 an hour up to what you know we're going to reimburse you every month, which is based on the way your policy set up. So the same thing. So unlike health insurance, you're in control of where you receive your care and who provides that care. Now, for example, let's take an assisted living facility. You can get a studio apartment for, say, a few thousand dollars a month. But you can also get a two-bedroom suite with a, a nice facility and spend north of $10,000 a month. Long-term care insurance doesn't come in and say, we're not going to pay for the two-bedroom assisted living. What they're simply going to say is that you've triggered your claim. You are entitled to get the money that you have coming out of that contract. So if your policy pays you $10,000 a month in benefits and you want to spend $10,000 a month on an assisted living facility, you have every right to do that. So keep that in mind. That is a big, big difference. So understanding the differences between long-term care insurance and health insurance is important as they do work differently. Now, when you go into designing a plan, that's really the key, right? How do you design that long-term care insurance plan? Because that's what's going to determine the benefit that you get. So let's spend a little bit of time on that. The main thing to understand is that long-term care insurance, again, does not limit you on where you can get your, your coverage or who you can use to get that coverage. Where the limitations come from is how much you designed your policy to pay you. That's what you're going to get. So instead of long-term care insurance limiting the amount that you're, they're going to pay you based on, on, on the services that you get, they don't look at that. They simply look at it and say, well, your contract says that you can pull out up to $6,000 a month. So if you spend up to $6,000 a month, if you spend more than that, you're going to get to $6,000. But if you spend less than that, they're going to pay for up to that $6,000. Now, again, on health insurance, once you've met your out-of-pocket and your co-pays, there is no dollar limit on the policy coverage. Remember that. So if you get cancer and you've met your $10,000 deductible, the, the company, in theory, will continue to pay for the treatment for as long as you need. On long-term care insurance, they don't work that way. Again, once you've met that elimination period, so you've paid for your first 30 days of care, 60 days of care, or if you're like me, you have like, or maybe you have a zero-day elimination period or whatever it is, you just start receiving that monthly benefit. They're going to start providing that money, but they are going to limit how much they pay out based on how much you have in your policy. So again, remember, think of long-term care insurance as a big bucket of money, a big bucket of cash sitting there on your table. When you design a plan, you're going to decide two key things from your policy. Number one, how much money is in your bucket? That's what they call total benefit. So I've got $100,000 in it. I've got $500,000 in it. Or if you have like my policy, I have an unlimited amount of money in my bucket. It's what they call bottomless. 
So I have unlimited amount of money in there. But the second thing that you have to decide that really determines how you get the money out of that bucket is how much you can take out each month. So you could have an unlimited bucket of money with a $1,000 a month benefit. You could have an unlimited bucket of money with a $15,000 limit. You could have a $300,000 policy at $3,000 a month. You could have a $300,000 policy at $10,000 a month. So again, you're deciding those two key factors. How much is in your money? How much can you take out for that period? And again, we're just going to talk about it in a monthly term. So the most important thing to understand that unlike health insurance, where the insurance is going to cover select services based on what the insurance company has negotiated with the provider, the long-term care insurance is going to pay up to your maximum limit every month based on the policy that you set up. So how do you know how to design a policy? How do you know how to design that bucket? Because again, you're the one going out and saying, I want X amount in my bucket. I want X amount of coverage. Well, we have to take a look at some, you know, several factors when we're designing a policy. Number one, how much do you services cost today? How much is a home health care person in your neighborhood? Is it $35 an hour? Is it $17 an hour? What is assisted living cost? How much is an adult family home? How much is a nursing home? How much is a memory clinic? So what we're trying to do is look at these. It, it, you want to look at all of these costs so that you can get a feel for how much you can spend in an extended healthcare situation. How much would it cost if I needed to go to one of these facilities? The second thing that we have to look at, what is your family history? Do you have high rates of cognitive issues in your, in your family? Do you have longevity? I mean, I've got a client right now where I'm working where the husband's brother, you know, we've all kinds of diseases, Lou Gehrig's disease, people in his family die young and early. And then the wife is like, gosh, everybody in my family lives to be like a hundred. So we have to look at that too. What are you worried about? What is your health risk? What is your longevity? What is your family situation, family situation like? Are you going to depend on family for care? About two out of three people in this country depend on their family for at least part of their care. Half of Americans receive all of their care from family members, but two-thirds of them still re- depend on their family for part of that care. So does your family want to provide that care for you? Do you want them to provide that care? Those are some of the things that we have to look at. And then, of course, what is your financial situation? You know, are you heavy on income? Do you have good pension? Do you have Social Security? Or are you heavy on assets? Do you have a bunch of rental property and just a small Social Security? How willing are you to self-insure? How much of your assets are you willing to deplete to pay for long-term care? And do you have family members or charities or other thing that you want to support later in life? So those are all the factors we look at because you say, well, I've got about $7,000 a month of income between my pension and social security. And I figure long-term care might cost me 10 or $12,000 a month. So I just want to fill in the gap for the difference. You could design a policy that way, or you can go in and say, well, you know what? I'm looking at costs. I want $10,000 a month. I want it to be, be able to pay for everything, including a nursing home. I want an inflation rider on it so I can protect 100% of my other assets over here. And you can do that with a long-term care insurance plan too. So the bottom line is with long-term care insurance, you are purchasing, purchasing future tax-free dollars to pay for care, but you are buying those future dollars at a discount today. Unlike health insurance, that will pay for care based on negotiated services once you've met that out-of-pocket limit or your deductible, long-term care insurance pays you based on how much you set your policy up to pay. Now, another interesting difference is the, the, the fact that you must continue to pay your long-term care or your health insurance when you go in to see the doctor. Long-term care insurance, if you have a pay-as-you-go type of plan, remember, once you trigger a claim, you're not paying those premiums anymore. So, Many people complain that they are paying into a plan, they're not going to use it, and it's like, gosh, I'm going to lose all that money. Well, that's what insurance does, including health insurance, car insurance, homeowner's insurance. But we now have these new asset-based plans that you can design to pay for your care, and they're going to pay you back if you don't use them. And I want you to stick around because we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to Gary and Samantha, and I'm going to show you how we set up a long-term care insurance plan that will not only pay them back if they don't use it, but it'll provide them a true unlimited benefit should they need care. So stick around. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth. 
by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. You know, if you're new um, to Long-Term Care Radio, especially those listeners we have out in Colorado, we've been bouncing around a little bit because of football season. So we are going to be on a set schedule in January. We're going to move about the middle of January. We're going to move to Saturday mornings on KOA. Right now we're kind of filling some some spots in the afternoon. And then we are on KHOW, and we will be back on KCOL up in Fort Collins. So welcome, Colorado. As you guys know, that is my home state. Um, we're setting up an office out there, and I've got a son going to school out there, so I'm just real excited to uh, bring long-term care radio there to the front range. So, um, And if you're new to long-term care radio, we come on every week. Uh, we just try to talk about some things, uh, a little bit of what, what's going on about long-term care, some things to think about. And then one thing that we do every week is the client of the week, and that's at the bottom of the hour, and that's where we're at right now. The client of the week, again, don't get hooked up on the numbers. It's more about how did we design the plan and understanding that there is a wide variety of options when we come to long-term care planning. It's just like buying a car. You could buy a, a, a two-seat sports car, convertible, or you can buy a huge you know, F450 pickup truck or in everything in between. And so it's the same with long-term care planning. We're trying to design a plan that's going to fit for your situation, number one, and number two, What's the best way to fund that plan? Because again, today with these new options, we have all kinds of different options on how to set up and fund plans. You don't just have to write a, you know, a check every year for a, for a bottomless premium. You end up just you know, limited pay, single pay, all kinds of different options. So this week, I want to introduce you to Gary, who is seventy one, and Samantha, who is sixty seven. First off, at seventy one. Gary thought, well, I can't do anything. I'm way, way, way too old. And he stumbled on us and, and came to one of our classes, and that's how we ended up meeting him. But, yeah, 71 and 67, they're both happily retired and looking forward to spending as much time as they can with their seven grandchildren. And so they're pretty excited about that. Here's their biggest concern by far, um, the high cost of care. Gary's mother is 97 years old and living in assisted living right now. She has spent through their entire savings down, and Gary and their siblings are contributing monthly right now. So they're pitching in monthly to keep her off of the Medicaid system. So mom has basically blown through all of her savings. She has a small Social Security, and Gary and his brother and sister are pitching in a little bit of money to keep mom in the assisted living facility. And he's just like, wow, man, this is really, you know, um, we're seeing how fast those costs can add up. And, you know, we spoke about this last week as well, too. If you missed that, you can always go back and get the podcast about, you know, Gary's just spot on. I'm not letting my mother go to Medicaid. It's not whether she'll qualify for it or not. He goes, we're not going to let her become a ward of the state because the facility that she's in is really nice, but they will not accept the Medicaid reimbursements. So he's going to be paying for that. So, again, that was probably one of the driving forces for this, just saying, gosh, you know, costs can add up pretty quick. And if you live to 97 and you're still going, you know, off you go. Samantha also had some Alzheimer's on her side of the family, so that was a real concern for her. She had two aunts that had Alzheimer's, so she saw that and she said, "Gosh, what a mess!" And one of the biggest concerns that Samantha had, because she had, you know, she had come to our class and she had listened, and it was just the, the, I think the, the bell that rang for her that said, "Ding, ding, ding! This is what I'm really worried about: is the managing of the care." So getting Gary's mother into the right facility took, you know, several attempts. And they originally started with care at home, and she was part of this. And she said, you know, this is a lot to manage. She goes, it's it's like I always say, it's like showing up in a foreign country and everybody speaks a different language, and you're trying to figure out where's the best place to stay and how do I get food, you know, that's not going to make me sick. And so you have all these things that are going on when you're trying to help a loved one, trying to manage that care situation. So she was really important you know, we're really interested in that because we have these plans out there today that have what we call this concierge care level of service where they actually assign somebody to you that can help you and guide you and manage that care situation, which is just really wonderful. So those were their biggest concerns. Now, what we found out about them during the process, um, both were in really good shape, but Samantha has developed some arthritis 
and has a family history of this. And a lot of the traditional plans are looking back at family history on illnesses. And so their choices were somewhat limited. They were going to really be limited to what we call a fully underwritten file, which means they're going to have to get medical records. We're going to have to go through you know, a face-to-face interview. They're going to have to see her walk and move and do things like that. So we're somewhat limited on the options for her, but we did have choices. And that's why Folks, we always start up with the pre-screen. If you go to our website at 525longtermcare.com and you click get a plan, you don't get quotes. What you're going to do is see this form to fill out that says, tell us about yourself, what medications you're taking, what issues do you have, any procedures planned, because these policies are medically underwritten. We have to qualify and we have to understand what our options are before we even start. And that's just key. So we found that out. We did have some options for them. They were in in good shape financially. They had Social Security uh, income. They had some rental income. So they had some fixed assets there that were generating income for them. But most of their liquid assets were IRA money, with the majority of it being in Gary's account. And again, remember, Gary's 71. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. They liked the idea of a plan that would pay them back if they didn't use it. They thought, well, that's you know the best of both worlds. We can get some insurance, and if we don't use it, The money's not wasted. It's going to go back to the kids. And they wanted something that would supplement their income and give them a little bit of a cushion. They were not looking for a big, grandiose policy that would cover everything because, again, they had rental income, they had Social Security, they had a good stream of income. And remember, Gary's 71 at 72. He's got to start taking required minimum distributions. So they just wanted something that made sure that they didn't have to sell one of their rental properties or do something like that. So... Here's what we ended up uh, suggesting for Gary and Samantha. Um, We were, again, limited because of their current health, but because of the other things that they really wanted, we decided that we're going to take a look at an asset-based option, a plan. um, Because of their financial situation, these are the plans, the asset-based plans that will pay them back if they never use it. They can get up to unlimited long-term care benefits available, which, again, is very beneficial for somebody who's worried about cognitive claims because, again, a cognitive situation can run anywhere from, from you know, two to ten years. Um, it just depends on when the diagnosis was. And it's also able to, they we're also able to use retirement accounts to fund the plan. So Gary is facing required minimum distributions. He's got to start pulling money out of this. I have an asset-based plan where I can take some money out, and we're going to talk about that. And I'll explain that a little bit later in the show, how we actually funded this plan. But here's what we did. So for the asset-based plan form, we decided we're just going to take a single lump sum of money. We're just going to do it based on money. And so Gary said, yeah, I would like to move $200,000 out of my IRA. So we took $200,000 out of his IRA and we deposited it with the insurance company. Now, I know everybody's sitting there thinking, wait a second, that's a taxable event, but it's not. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. But just remember, we took $200,000 out single deposit to the insurance company. That provides Gary and Samantha each with a lifetime monthly benefit of $4,090. So again, remember at the beginning of the show, I'm saying benefits are either daily or monthly. This is a monthly shows, a monthly benefit. So that means they can take out $4,090 every single month, both of them. So over $8,000 a month if they are both on claim for an unlimited amount of time. So basically, they've got about $49,000 extra income coming in should they need long-term care, and that $49,000 will come in year after year after year until they pass away. They will never outlive that long-term care benefit. That's what we mean by lifetime or bottomless bucket of money. If they don't need their care, they they get lucky. They live a nice long life. They never end up in long-term care. Their estate's going to get a benefit of $204,000. Now, that's tax-free. It's structured as a return of premium is structured as a life insurance policy. And that is key because again, they put 200 in, they're getting 204 back. That means that anytime you see that where the return is higher than what you deposited, if it's structured as life insurance, it means it's tax-free. If it's not structured as a life insurance return, then it could be a taxable event on that $4,000 difference. But they don't have to worry about that. 204 is back. And again, anytime you see a 204, like you see that death benefit, 204, if they only use $100,000 of long-term care, well, 104000 is paid back to the estate. So they're always going to get $204,000 out of this policy. They put two hundred in, but they're going to get two hundred four back, whether it's long-term care insurance, whether it's all life insurance, or a combination of two. But the difference is 
once they use $200,000 or $204,000 of long-term care insurance, they don't run out of benefit. Their long-term care benefit lasts them forever. So all we're simply doing with this plan is saying, look, if I don't need it, guess what? That $200,000 is going back to the family. But should I need it, I'm really just self-insuring the first $200,000 of my care, but I'm turning that $200,000 into basically $50,000 or $49,000 per person for the rest of their life. So you're talking $98,000 a year if both were on claim for an unlimited amount of time. That's what we're doing. That's the leverage. That's why we do that as opposed to just hanging on to our money. Now, remember the deductible I was talking about? What's the elimination period? Well, this particular policy has a zero-day elimination period for home. So that means if you end up in an accident or you have a stroke and you go to the hospital and you want to receive your care at home, as soon as you get home, you're going to start receiving your long-term care benefit. You don't have to jump through a 90-day or a 30-day or 60-day elimination period. If they went straight to a facility, straight to a nursing home or straight to assisted living, they would pay the first 90 days of that care and then the long-term care would kick in. So this is very common. And the reason why these policies are designed that way, about three out of four people start their journey in their own home. And if it's straight to a facility, there's usually going to be some crossover there between Medicare and health insurance because the only reason why you are in a nursing home or skilled nursing facility right away from day one is because of something major medical. And so there's probably going to be some health insurance paying those first few days anyway. So that's why a lot of policies are starting to move towards the design that way. Now, the claim support, once they go on claim, is a concierge level, level service. So what that simply means is that Someone is going to be assigned to Samantha and Gary. As soon as they go on claim, there's going to be one person assigned to them, whoever it is that triggers the claim, and then their kids and everybody will be able to just reach out to that one person, and that one person is going to help them with care coordination, with case management, help them find them the people that they need, help them understand, like in this particular location, these are the options that you have, these are the ones that are really good or best rated or whatever it is. That's that concierge-level claim support. And so that comes built in with this policy, and that was something that was very important to Samantha. And most importantly, think about it. They, they, they know that they, they're, th- this is a plan that's going to supplement their income. So they have an income stream. Now they know they've got another $49,000 per person per year coming in that will supplement them. So they're not trying to pay for everything. They're just trying to reposition a little bit of their assets and supplement themselves. And that's the great thing about long-term care. They can make this a $12,000 a month benefit. You can make it a $3,000 a month benefit. You can do whatever you want based on what your financial situation is. So we talked about this. Um, I will just tell you, this is one of our most popular asset-based plans, and it's where we're using a lump sum of money out of an IRA, but we're not taxed on it this year. It's not tax-free, but we're able to spread the taxes out. And it's one of our most popular plans. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about that. But before we do that, we're going to head into our final break. But stick around because I want you to understand how we use retirement money today to set up long-term care and spread the taxes out and how it works with your RMDs. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. Certified long-term care planning specialist and long-term care radio host Brian Ott of 525 Advisors is now Colorado's long-term care coverage expert. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. A smart and informative way to get educated about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join Brian Ott for one of his upcoming live webinars. Brian explains how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, all the new options, and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Go read the reviews. People love working with 525 Advisors. So sign up now for one of Brian's next live webinars. They're free to attend. Go to 525longtermcare.com. You can also download and subscribe to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcasts at 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. 
And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. And I tell you what, folks, this is uh, we got a week until Christmas, believe it or not. This show is going to be airing on the 18th, and so we got seven days. I can't believe it. Um, and then Christmas is here, and then next thing you know, New Year, and we are off and rolling. So I hope everybody uh, has a, just a nice, warm, safe uh, holiday season, a good Merry Christmas, and um, it's going to be you know 2022 before we know it. So, so um, let's wrap up the show a little bit here. Um, I, I want to go back on our client of the week. Again, this is one of our most popular plans. When we're designing a long-term care plan, one of the biggest things that we, you know, we're focusing on coverage, number one. So like in this situation for Gary and Samantha, they had good assets. They had a lot of income coming in. And so what we're trying to do is say, well, okay, we just want a supplement. We want, you know, $4,000 a month roughly is good. It's just we don't need it to pay for everything. But having a little cushion to supplement our income would be really nice in case something happens to one of us. And so that was really their take on it. They had the assets they could have built a much bigger plan. But again, this is what they're comfortable with. And that's why we designed this plan this way for him. Now, Gary was facing, you know, a problem. Most of they had a lot of hard assets in real estate, but then most of his liquid assets was just IRA money. And they really hadn't been using much of that. They pretty much can live off of the rental income and the social security income. So the problem they're having now is they've got these, this required minimum distribution facing them. And simply what that means is that, you know, you work hard, you save, whether it's 401ks, IRAs, whatever, but now it's they've pushed the age up to age 72. When you turn 72, you have to start taking out what they call required minimum distributions. So Gary's looking at this situation, and he's going to have to take out pretty close, it was like high 80s, like $88,000, $89,000 of required minimum distributions and when he turns 72. So that's how much he has to take out. And then next year, they reset that figure. So you've got to pull that money out. And if you don't take it out, it's a steep penalty. It's like a penalty of 50%. So, of course, you want to make sure that you get that required minimum distribution out. And when you pull that money out, guess what? It's counted as income and you got to pay tax on it. That's just the bottom line. So when we were looking at this thing, we were saying, gosh, you know, um, we could have set up a pay-as-you-go type of plan, and they probably could have just funded that over time. They had income. They were going to have more income with this retired retirement account that they're going to have to start accessing. But what we did is we took a single lump sum out of his IRA, $200,000. And the reason why we did this is that, that, you know, this is the best part of this plan. We're going to take $200,000 out today and we deposit it with the insurance company. The insurance company puts that money in an IRA in the background. So again, we have money that's in IRA. We are moving it to another IRA. So it is not a distribution. It is not a withdrawal that is considered a rollover. So it's just like if you went down and you moved um, $200,000 from Fidelity IRA over to a Schwab IRA. It's not a withdrawal, you just move it from, from, from one custodian to another. So that's essentially what we're doing. What the insurance company does on this particular policy is they then set up on their books a 10 pay. So they turn the insurance plan into a, what they call a 10 pay. So that means 10 guaranteed level payments is going to go into the insurance plan to pay it up. So what they're essentially going to do is they are going to take out once a year, they're going to reach into that IRA money that Gary gave them, and they're going to take out one-tenth of that money, and they're going to deposit it over, they're going to move it over to the insurance contract on their books, 
And that act right there is going to generate a 1099R. So that's going to trigger the withdrawal. So what happens is they put $200,000 in. And every year for 10 years, Gary will get a 1099R for $22,000. Now, if you do the math on this, and you're saying, well, wait a second, 10 times 22 is 220,000. He only gave him 200,000. Well, remember when he gave him that $200,000, that IRA, they're putting it in an interest bearing account. So really what the insurance company says is you give me $200,000 today, it's going to buy you $220,000 of insurance over the next 10 years. Now, Gary could just do this on his own, right? He could just set up his own 10 pay and he could go down and take a distribution out of his retirement account and write a check for $22,000. So for him to net that money out, then he'd just have to figure it out. I got to take X amount out and, and, and get my 22,000 and give it to the insurance company. So that is an option. But the reason why you want to move that lump sum or the reason why Gary did is when you really think about this, we're taking that 200000 in a lump sum, we're getting more insurance, we're getting $220,000 of insurance for $200,000 because what we're doing is we're getting a guaranteed return on that money and we're able to spread the taxes out over 10 years. If you leave the money in your IRA, you could certainly do that, but what are you up against? Well, at 71, like Gary, most people have a big portion of their IRA account in what they call the safe bucket, the portion, usually bonds. And so you're still taking that market risk. And right now with where we're at with inflation and with the possibility of interest rates going up, what happens to your bond portfolio if interest rates go up? The value goes down and people forget about that. So if I have $100,000 in a bond that's paying me 2% and then the going market on on bonds next year for that same bond, that same same 20-year bond or 30-year bond is now 4%. Well, guess what? My $100,000 bond isn't worth $100,000 anymore because people don't want that because it's only paying 2%. They could go get a new one at 4%. So it gets discounted. So now all of a sudden your, your bond is maybe worth $92,000. And so that's where people lose money on bonds and they don't think so. Now you could hold on to your bond until for the 20 years and get your 2%. You're never going to lose money that way. But the problem is when you're in retirement, you've got to take required minimum distribution. So you can't just sit there and hold that money. So that's why these plans are so popular because people are facing required minimum distributions. They're also looking at a portfolio that should be, you know, most financial advisors are going to teach them that you need to be, you know, 60-40 split, 70-30 split. As you get older, you want more safety because, you know, at 70, you're not worried about doubling your money again, what you're worried about is losing half of it. So again, that's why they try to put that in that bond portfolio. So the trade-off is you could keep your money. You could just make the 10 payments yourself, but guess what? Then you're subject to the market risk. You have to take that where Gary's looking at this and he's saying, well, you know what? I don't want to have to worry about that. If I can just reposition this $200,000 and I know that's guaranteed to make those 10 payments for me at $22,000, I will do that. Now, remember when I was telling you he had to pull out, you know, like $88,000 of required minimum distributions? Well, what happens this 1099, this $22,000 counts towards your required minimum distribution. So again, if we have IRAs, we can aggregate the distribution, which what that means is I've got one with Schwab, I got one with Fidelity, and I've got one with Vanguard. And I've got, you know, $100,000 in each of them. So I've got $300,000 in my IRA IRA money. And I've got to take out, say, $10,000. Well, I don't have to take out $3,300 out of each one of those. I can take out the $10,000 out of just the Vanguard one. And it counts towards my required minimum distributions because they look at your total bucket of money. Now, just for financial sake, I'll just tell you right now, that only works on IRAs. If you have 401k, if you're still working and you have 401k and you have IRAs and you hit required minimum distribution age, that does not count towards the 401ks. It's got to be IRAs. It's got to be like accounts. So anyway, this counts towards that 88,000 that he has to pull out. So technically now he only has to pull out $66,000 out of the remainder of his money. And every year he's going to get that 1099 for $22,000 and it's going to count towards his required minimum distributions. Now, I'm going to tell you something else, and this is what just, just this is why people love these plans. If you set up your own 10-pay asset-based plan, so Gary goes in and he's just writing a check for $22,000 every year, and he goes out and gets hit by the bus and he's on claim, what happens? Well, the waiver premium kicks in, so he doesn't have to pay that $22,000. 
And on these joint plans, if one person is on claim, it waives the premium for both of them. So by giving the $200,000 up front, you would think, well, maybe that doesn't make sense because if I'm just paying the $22,000 every year and I get hit by the bus, I don't have to pay the $22,000. Well, the single lump sum with IRA money, with retirement account money, works the same way. If Gary goes out or Samantha goes out and they go on claim at year five, what happens is when the insurance company says, okay, now they're on claim, they're receiving their benefit, when they go to pull that $22,000 out of the IRA money that he gave them at the very beginning, and they go to pull that out to make the, the premium payment, well, there is no payment due because somebody's on claim. So the $22,000 is going to come back to Gary and Samantha. So they're going to be getting their $49,000 a year of long-term care insurance, plus they're going to get this check for $22,000. And what does that do to their taxable situation? Zero. It doesn't change it. Because remember that $22,000 is coming out. That's what generates the 1099 as the taxable event. It doesn't matter whether it's paid to the insurance company or it goes back to Gary and Samantha. The same amount of money is coming out of their IRA. So, folks, it's just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful plan. If you're setting on a bunch of money in IRAs and you want to figure out a way to lock in and get some growth, a little bit of growth on that money and, and eliminate the risk and get a great plan, that's what we can do. So, um, we will be back. We will actually have a Christmas show next week, so stick around for that. Sign up. Um, we don't have any classes to sign up for, but you can get a lot of information on our website at 525longtermcare.com. We'll get some updated webinars for January coming up here pretty soon. So everybody have a wonderful, safe week, and we'll be back next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.